the human brain expects sound at all times and what we consider quiet is actually just not quiet at all so when we mm-hmm. are in 100 percent quiet for too long start getting wigged out <laughs> psychological issues start kicking in and stuff like that there's a certain there's a certain type of quiet that i have only found in like middle of nowhere wyoming where it is just so empty of sound oh, wow both beautiful and deeply unsettling <laughs> <laughs> uh, as a person who likes scary stuff uh do you have amazon prime so my degree of liking scary stuff is uh-huh. also like I live in a spooky place. I okay. don't consume <laughs> oh. a lot of spooky media. You you were not you, I you, read uh, quite a bit. And you I were born to, in the spook. You, yeah, you, yeah. You, meanwhile, we just adopted it. You're all tourists. <laughs> I actually live there all the time. So <laughs> Hi, I'm Brian Wiggins. This is my co-host, Yvonne Martino. Our guest this week is Robin Childs, and we do the bracket of body jackers in our Halloween episode. And this is Vikings and Saints. I am but one of your hosts, Brian Wiggins. Our other host is Yvonne Martino. That is him. And we have an extra special, awesome guest in this special how many more times can I say special? This special episode, on a special episode of Vikings and Saints, we shall be having our first Halloween episode. That is what we are doing right now. And with us today is creator, uh, writer, drawer of things, uh, Robin Childs. Hello. And I, am a, I liked actually that you were emphasizing special because I am, I am very extra. Pretty much all the time, so I appreciate that. No, it's it's awesome. Thank you very, very much for coming on to our silly, stupid little show. I'm just going to apologize in advance. (laughs) (laughs) You know, uh, I've done podcasts before, and with rowdy crowds on occasion, so far you all seem great. So (laughs) let's see if I can take it down from here. It's it's down. It's all downhill from here. Um, so, but as we like to start when we have a guest on the show is we like to start with our rapid fire questionnaire so that way our audience can get a bit of a inside peek of our guest. And for that, I shall turn it over to the esteemed Viking goat. All right. So in theory, we're supposed to respond to these as quickly as possible and then keep going. But I'm already going to tell you that's not going to happen. I know. That's, right. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's why I, I pre- prefaced that because uh, we have both completely ruined this in the past. But are you ready? Is he sure. Go for okay. it. Okay. So uh, first one has already been done. We're going to do it anyway, just because it's on the list. Your name? Robin Childs. What do you do as a job? Currently, I am an artist and a writer and an editor and an educator. And, you know, whatever else is going on this week. <laughs> I wear a lot of hats. Uh, what is your favorite food? Uh, I like anything that's well prepared. So my favorite is sort of changing all the time. I like new flavors. Mm. So and new textures. So trying something new that's well done. Sometimes there's like an, an adjustment period. Mm-hmm. Um, like Corey's favorite dim sum place does chicken feet. 
And there's been like every time we go, I try and eat a little bit more of the chicken feet because I'm like, <laughs> it's really good. But the texture is I'm still trying to adapt to someday I'm going to get through an entire chicken feet. I've gotten through all of the all of the knuckles now. And someday you, I'm going to get to it. <laughs> are you working your way up from like the tippy toes or yes, working? Yes, OK, yes, up, up the fingers. <laughs> But this the textures, poor chicken. The textures change as you go. So it's like, okay, I'm adjusted to that. What is that? No, yeah. that's the new thing in my mouth and I can't yeah. handle it. Mm-mm. I hope this isn't the same chicken. This poor chicken. <laughs> <laughs> you, they just keep regrowing. That They're like lizards, you know? So you just regrow the oh, foot in between. But this is, you look that up. This is science. This is how chicken work, okay? <laughs> this isn't science. That's all a lie. No, no, my my wife had... Yet. My wife had a student who asked her a legit question, uh, how, so, or something along. She or uh, the, the question wasn't so much a question as much as it was a statement that they thought chicken came from cows. Oh God! And oh. she and I can't remember who it was, which student it was, but they had said the reason why they thought chicken came from cows was because of the Chick Fil A billboards. Uh, you know, if you don't know where your food comes from, that's not an unreasonable assumption for a child to make. No, that is a very unreasonable thing for a high school student to think <laughs> oh. a chicken comes from cows. A high school student. I was th- I was imagining like kindergarten. I'm like, yeah, I can see no, that. No, no, teenager <laughs> able to vote in a few years. Ooh. Yeah, I'm you concerned. see, we, we've had this, these conversations about the, these students before. And every time I say, you know, it's reasonable. They're young. And then I'm, then I'm reminded that uh, they're, t- they're not uh, kindergartners. Anyway, <laughs> yes. Continuing on the list. Uh, so we've covered your favorite food. What's your least favorite food? So, uh, have you ever had a depression meal? Because <laughs> I have chronic depression. So sometimes you get to the point where you have no energy to mm-hmm. feed yourself, but mm-hmm. you know intellectually you need to. Yes. So I'd say the worst depression meal I've ever had was I opened a can of green beans and I just ate them directly from the can. And oh, I can wow. say that in terms of low point on food consumption, that is pretty far down the list. Yeah. <sighs> That's, so, uh, and green beans are kind of gross. Oh, God, no, it was horrible. It was oh, horrible. Man. But, so yeah, uh, least favorite food would probably be cold green beans eaten yeah. directly out of the oh, can. Oh, my God. No, well, it's, it's, still, it's still a step above that, if you've ever seen it, they actually could, there's, you can buy canned chicken, where it's an entire whole chicken in a can. I've seen huh. that. And you're you're still you you haven't. Me. It is disturbing, and you haven't gotten there yet. So you have. Wait, <laughs> I have more so, depths to fall to. What a, what a comfort, Brian. I'm sorry. I meant more of this. I meant this as like a, as a good thing. Like, look, you didn't eat the chicken out of the can. <laughs> I want to. I'm married to an optimist. I am the pessimist in the relationship. <laughs> I need to. I need to see how deep this goes. See, this is how you survive the apocalypse. You you marry your your polar opposite, and basically you're like, oh, everything's going to be great, and you're like, no, everything's going to be horrible. <laughs> Build a bunker. You you laugh, but our one of our favorite things to do when we're going out and about is evaluate locations for uh, whether or not they'd be good in a zombie apocalypse. Oh no, I do that. I that's so, that's uh, I do that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's like. You know about the town, like how many windows does it have? What are the access points? Could yeah. you board that up? How many people could survive in this? What are the resources nearby? To to be fair, Yvonne lives in Florida, where the zombie apocalypse is a very real possibility. Oh, it's definitely starting in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> All right, continuing. Yes, 
Favorite <laughs> beverage? Favorite beverage? Yes. There was a lavender lemon uh, virgin cocktail that was made by a place that closed down, so I can oh. never have it again, but it was delicious. That probably mm. it's one of those like you you have a, a, a experience you're like wow that was great and I want to have that again and I never will and so it becomes sort of this the epitome and it turns into legend in your mind and you probably <laughs> wasn't that great but you remember it as being great mm -hmm. and since you can't have it again it will forever be enshrined as the best experience you ever had that's mm. that was oh, the drink <laughs> it was really good. Someday I will find a lavender lemon fizzy cocktail thing again and reclaim that experience. <laughs> that does, does sound actually quite nice. It was so mm. good. Like, people don't think that lavender is a good flavor in food, but you balance about. it out with sweet and lemon. Mm, mm -hmm. It's good. So, we've covered that. Now time for polar opposite. What's your least favorite beverage? The juice out of the green beans can. You know, that's, it's, it's high on the list. <laughs> I didn't drink it, so it wasn't a beverage at that point. Um, I used to really hate root beer, and I think that I still oh. dislike root beer that comes out of a fountain mm. drink dispenser. Mm -hmm. Root beer that comes out of like a bottle that's brewed, that's good stuff. But the sort of syrupy imitation concoction, nah, pass. <gasps> Yvonne. Yes. I think she's a Cardassian. It's so bubbly and, and sweet. No, and, no, and it's cloying. And it's insidious. Klingons love. It's insidious. Klingons like prune juice, but they also like root beer. Do they? Klingons love root beer. I did not know this. Yes. Uh, I don't know why, but they love prune juice and root beer. Who knows? Anyway. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, favorite word? Verisimilitude. I quite Ooh. like. Ooh. Ooh, that's a good one. It is a good one. It it tastes good when you say. Yeah, that's got some. That's got some action. Mm hmm. What's your least favorite word? Gendered slurs in general. Mm -hmm. Like okay. I it's it's weird because I've been slowly trying to just remove gendered words from my vocabulary. <laughs> mm -hmm. And gendered slurs in particular sort of like uh, everyone can can I swear on this? I oh guess. yes. So Encouraged. everyone can be an asshole. But yes. <laughs> so it's like what are things that everybody has? I'll use those. <laughs> <laughs> so asshole, taint. Yes, you know, things that just General population applications. Uh, I see. Gotcha. Yes, yes. Uh, Ankle biter. <laughs> I like that one. Uh, Corey's favorite is Jack Monkey. Jack, Jack Monkey. monkey. Mm -hmm. It's one of those things that it's uh, two words combined that are very, very benign, mm -hmm. but sound like they should be filthy in some way. Mm. And that's where the enjoyment comes from, I think. Uh. Let, 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 me, let me throw another one into you. There's two. One... It might sound gendered, but it's not because it's a bird. Oh, you can call someone a tit, mm, like a titmouse. Yeah. Yes. Or this is one. I'm going to steal this one from Aaron Sorkin. A feckless thug. Feckless thug. Oh, is uh, yeah, it's a good one. Now, what? How would we use the bird as an insult? 
Are they, are they, that's the best. They wouldn't even know. That's small. the best part. They're small and cute, and they go chip 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 chip. I mean, the same with like calling someone a walnut or you know, oh, or dingus. Like just this. <laughs> I like dingus, but what? The second you said walnut, I was thinking Amy. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, not, not our walnut. No. Not our walnut. <laughs> uh, all right, so. We did favorite. We did least least favorite. Yes. Now we're to favorite sounds. So in Borderlands Two, there is a very specific noise that may be the finest sound ever crafted by humanity, which is when you pick up those crystals. They make this sort of chiming, clacking, tinging noise, and it's Ooh. just it's mm, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good you can taste it. Yes. No, I actually oh. do on occasion taste sounds. So. Oh, okay. It's very rare very cool. that it happens, but it does happen. As, mm. a, as a textural taste, it's mm. hard to describe. Apparently, okay. it's super rare, which I did not know when I was like asking someone, like, hey, you ever, you know, taste a sound? And they're like, what? No. I was like, <laughs> okay, I didn't. Then they started doing research and I'm like, oh, please stop. I'm like, yeah, apparently it's 0.0% of the, I was like, would not have brought it up. If I had known, I would. There was one free. time, there was one time in college, man, when I could taste the sounds and I could hear the colors, man. That was pretty awesome. <laughs> never, never heard colors before, so <laughs> that one is new. Least favorite sound. When there's a like a muddy sucking splop noise, but it's disconnected from that experience. Like if if you are messing around and stomping in mud and it makes that noise, it doesn't bother me. But if it's oh. just like disconnected from that sound, Ooh. so when sometimes when people will use that kind of noise for like a sound effect, it's like no, you, you don't uh, do it. <laughs> no, I can see that. Mm-hmm. You can like see off, like off screen, like just yeah. a look of horror on someone's face, and you see that, and you have no idea what's happening off screen. Yeah, and it's just that oh. squelchy, sploppy, muddy. Yeah. It's just a bad sound. No you one wants that sound. You, you can't see my face, but it is currently. I was currently, or was just making the the uh, the classic uh, uh, tragedy mask from comedy and tragedy when we talked <laughs> about that because I was just that was horrible. I'm uh, glad I transported you to a place you never. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so we're, we're almost done with the favorites and least favorites. Here's your last favorite thing: favorite curse word. That would be the eternal fuck. I just love that word. Mm-hmm. It's, very, it's so versatile. <laughs> it is so versatile, and it is so satisfying to say. Uh, and I don't say it very often online, but I do say it a lot in person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, now, here's here we start getting into complicated stuff. If not your current job, skills, training, and money aside, what occupation would you love to try? See, I've already tried a couple different occupations, so Mm. I know which ones I wouldn't go with. But one of those, like, in another lifetime kind of occupations, I always was like, you know, Broadway musical star would be pretty great. Oh. That does sound fun. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, All right. Now, here's the last one. And... It's going to be the most complicated one. What is the ideal afterlife? <laughs> so I think about this a lot. Because oh. <laughs> I think about the nature of infinity and God a lot. And is there anything after? And depending on the time that you ask me this question, <laughs> your answer would vary uh, very wildly. But mm-hmm. the problem is, ideal for whom? Because if 
there is an afterlife that is ideal for one person anybody with a different personality is going to find that incredibly stifling and hellish mm. so well, under the like, circumstances the uh, ideally you uh, ideally me <laughs> so but it's gonna bother me it's gonna oh. bother me if i'm knowing that there are other because that is immoral like, well well let's let's put it this way <laughs> how about the if there is an afterlife it's one of those things where no matter who's looking at it, it's the afterlife they see. So yeah. they wouldn't be locked into your afterlife. They would see their afterlife in a completely different context. So that way there's no anxiety. There's no you're locking anyone into anything. It's just just you. I mean, when I'm in a, my rare optimistic moods, which are happening more often. Thank you, therapy. Um, <laughs> I, I would just say, like, this this life, if I could just live it without anxiety, mm. worry, or pain, would probably be an ideal existence. Although, okay. now that I say that, like, we're such <laughs> limited creatures, and that <laughs> bothers me so much. Like, this this shell I am forced to occupy at all times lets me down all the time. It gets sick. I have to feed it. I have to, like, rest it. And what is this thing? Like, a, 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 it's not even, it's, it's, it's like one of those what are those? No, not chia pets. They're little tamagotchis. <laughs> oh, like, all the time! And it's just frustrating. And then I, the brain is so unreliable. Like, what am I perceiving? What are they perceiving? What are we all perceiving? Did I say something bad or good? I don't know. There's no objective way. Like, I think that there is an objective truth out there, but I know that I am conscious enough to perceive its possibility exists but my consciousness is too small to ever actually encapsulate it so that's frustrating so <laughs> i could see now why you're so drawn to kathristaraub from the c team there's a lot of there's a lot of things that uh, that they express that i can there, relate there, to. there's an overlap there that, there's a there's a there's a venn diagram overlap there there was a there was a song that i made for c team a while back uh and one of the lines is this shell it means nothing to me and i was like i'm not writing about kathris i'm just this is me expressing my personal frustrations with this existence like so <laughs> in my pessimistic form what this defaults to, all these thoughts default to, is just like, maybe it's just better if we just wink out. Like, maybe that's just better. Like, because there's no pain or worry if you just cease to exist. It certainly is that Mark Twain quote. It certainly didn't bother me before I was born. So, like, it can give me existential okay. dread now, but in the event that it happens... It's not going to bother me. I'm not going to be around to be bothered. I'll just not be. So mm -hmm. problem solved. I don't so know far, this ideal. is the best. So far, this is the absolute best Halloween episode we've ever done. <laughs> Have you ever thought about your lack of existence? Just <laughs> I, I've actually talked to a friend because it bothers me a lot when I've gone to funerals in the past and people are like, oh, they're in a better place now. I'm like, shut up. You don't know. So you don't know. I have asked one of my best friends to, in the event that I die first, if they could please remind everyone to, for a moment, suspend any faith they have and entertain the possibility that everything they know is wrong in my memory. <laughs> and I, that's like, to me, that's how I want to be remembered. <laughs> it, how do you feel about clowns and seltzer water? <laughs> 
I mean... Because I, I can see hiring a brigade of clowns for your funeral. And, <laughs> and then at the, as, as your friend has finished saying their piece, they, they then follow it up with, you have been warned. And the moment someone utters, they're in a better place now. <laughs> okay, I was, I was not on board until you got there, and now I'm, I'm kind of sold. Although and, Corey and, is afraid of clowns, so maybe oh. we'll just go with people dressed with, like, raven heads instead in nice suits. I think that's a good look. So an army of Kenku will come in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I like all this. Well, that concludes the questionnaire portion, and now that you all know our guest... Robin Childs better than you ever had known before. We can move I'm on to why we're really here. No, no, no. Don't ever apologize. <laughs> I warned, Don't. I warned you about the extra, right? That's no, no, it's know. fine. Believe me, this is this is ideal. This is this is this is content. This is the content that people crave. Um we can now move on to the bracketed section of our podcast. Mm-hmm. Now, because this is the Halloween episode, we have elected to pursue a uh, a bracket of body hijackers, famous body hijackers. And uh, now here's the fun thing. We generated a list. We have eight body jackers on this bracket. And if you go onto our uh, Twitter, which uh, we're just going to call right now at Vikings and Saints. We'll just we'll make a Twitter address for ourselves. It's not hard. Huh. How He's going to do, do it right, right now. He's going to do it right sure now. The name is available. <laughs> um, it, we'll just we'll fix it in post. <laughs> but you can see what our current bracket is, and so here's who. And here's the here's what I think is the cool part. We we discovered we we were uh, educated just prior to us starting that Robin doesn't know of all of these things in great detail. Yeah, so I we was have very isolated as a child. So I was not allowed to see a lot of things. Some um, of these things you probably shouldn't have seen as a kid. <laughs> no, just period. Um, I, there's like, there was a list when I got to college of things Robin should see for their mm-hmm. education. It's just mm-hmm. this long thing, and I still haven't gotten through it. Wait, was the Princess Bride on that list, and did you see it? The Princess Bride was one of the few things I saw, uh, because oh. on occasion we would go visit a family friend. Mm-hmm. And he had it on VHS, and I watched mm. that thing until it degraded into VHS ribbons. Like this is this is a good person that you knew. Yes, no, they were they were uh, one of the few this people is... who introduced a sense of happiness and light into my oh, life. Growing well, up, so. good oh. on them. This is this is a good person. Is this person still around? They are. Yeah, he is. Oh well, then this person, whoever you are, and I don't need <laughs> we don't need to share names, but you know what? Thank you for being a good person. Um, but we're going to show you like the, 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 the stuff you shouldn't have seen as a kid. Um, and we get to, we get to introduce Robin to some of this and I'm very much looking forward to this. Um, so here is our bracket round, uh, uh, the first bracket we have, and what we're going to do is discuss this amongst ourselves until we've decided on a winner of this bracket. We'll take about two to three minutes, maybe five. And who knows, maybe this is a six hour long podcast. I don't know. Maybe this is a two-parter, but we'll have to see. So the first bracket. Maybe we should just get our PJs on right now. <laughs> yeah, well, you already have your blanket and pillow over there, so okay. we're good to go. Um, the first bracket is the nothing from the never-ending story versus the stuff from the stuff. So um, now this was one of the ones that, uh, Robin, you said you 
kind of remembered the nothing I and you saw, never saw the, the stuff. The nothing was on the, uh, the never ending story was on the list of things that I was supposed to see in college. Um, mm-hmm. So I did see that, but I don't retain a lot of things in my brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the only things I remember are the kid crying as the horse sinks into the bog. Oh my God, that was. And then we ended up having a really stupid in joke because the kid like screams at the end and you can't really make out what the kid is screaming yeah so we had like i think the spider-man films were also out one of the early spider-man films with bone saw so after that point we always <laughs> just were like bone saw is ready is what we would scream at the screen when that bone day. saw is ready yeah, yeah. so i remember the visual but for macho really man stupid reason so oh my god um <laughs> Bone Saw is ready. Yeah, I have not seen that in such a long while. <laughs> um, I forgot Randy Savage was in Spider Man. Um, okay, so so we remember Atreyu, and so yeah, Never Ending Story. While ostensibly is a kids movie, you should not watch as a kid because the, yeah, when the horse dies, that is like the horse dies because it got sad. It was in I, the it was it. Yeah, that would they were in the, the the mire of sadness. That as long as you didn't have anything sad, you wouldn't sink. And then eventually, for some reason, the horse gets sad, and that's what causes the horse to sink into the mire and die. Wow! Oh, it was traumatizing. Some people it get was sad, Brian. Some people I know, have I know. Sad childhoods. I, I, <sighs> but this was well. No, I saw this as a kid, and I remember that. I remember that the um. I forget what it was called, but like the agent of the nothing, this that wolf creature scared the shit out of me. But then you had the nothing, which was just this all-consuming entropy that was basically just consuming everything. And and the more people like got sad and thought about it and were upset by it and forgot, the more the faster it just started to accelerate and accelerate. Wait, this is reality. Okay, so I haven't seen this since this came out on tape. Mm. So this is a reality scale depression. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what it sounds like. Wow. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, there's the th- part where the rock biter is says he was he was the rock biter was talking about how he couldn't hold on to his son as the nothing took it, and he was contemplating. He was he was he was uh uh. Just you know, saying with his own strong hands, how strong his hands were, and he still couldn't hold on to his son from the nothing taking him. Wow! <laughs> Happy Halloween, everybody! <laughs> um, I'm gonna go. So we have ha- Halloween candy now. I need some. Uh, yeah, we we need <laughs> we need sugar, <laughs> comfort food. We need, we all need uh, guys. Here's what just here's what we should have done beforehand. Mm. We should have made some mac and cheese, <laughs> some chili, God. grilled cheese. Um, Ice cream, chocolate, anything with your hot chocolate, anything that's going to help you. I have in the fridge an emergency cake. So okay, emergency cake. <gasps> you are no, a I, wise a person. Thing. I buy the like Whole Foods has this flourless chocolate cake, which mm-hmm. is stupid rich. And what I do is I buy it and then I cut it into like eighths, and I mm-hmm. freeze the individual eighths. So when I need emergency cake, I just take out an eighth. And then I eat it like a spoonful a day until the emergency is passed. That is brilliant. You are wise emergency beyond cake. beyond measure. that. Is that is brilliant? Highly do you do you have do you have emergency cheese? Oh, we just always have cheese. Oh well, <laughs> so, oh please. That's, what that's what ne- kind? That's never an issue. <laughs> Which variety? Um, I think we're gonna have to have Robin on again, and here's why: one, because 
I'm so far she's been fascinating. He's uh, so far they've been fascinating. Um, but we know that we're doing a cheese. There's cheese brackets, and we know that there's always going to be more cheese to do cheese brackets. Mm-hmm. So if this- you do a cheese bracket with actual cheese, you should do a tasting. Yes. Oh, everyone we- assembles the cheese in their independent locations. Robin, we're get- Are you oh, going we're- to be at unplugged? Yes. Let's have a cheese party. Yes, <laughs> I, I, we, we'll see. I, there are so many people that I've now connected with this community, which is weird to me because I've never been part of a community before. So I still keep being like, I don't understand this kindness thing. It's weird. Who this is why. <laughs> this is why this community is awesome. The it's Penny Arcade community. community is awesome. Um, but it's it's been like I since I don't drink alcohol, and people are like, I need to buy you a drink, and I'm like. I don't drink. Corey likes whiskey, so now I'm really concerned about Corey because, like, he's got like seven people being like, "I'll get you whiskey." And I'm like, "Please don't get my husband drunk." Like, he's not as young as he used to be, and I want him to be able to enjoy the show. <laughs> you, you could exchange livers for a little bit. I don't know. <laughs> well, then he probably wouldn't be able to process it. So. Mm. Um, well, anyway, so we have the nothing. Yes. <laughs> we're never. This is the longest. We're never getting no, through this bracket. <laughs> this is this is this is kind of baseline for us. Um, versus the stuff. Now, this, the the stuff I saw only once, and it has haunted me since that day. I've Just, never seen it, and all I can think of is try the gray stuff. It's delicious. So now I'm and the talking about cheese probably did not help. Now, you, you now. Now, keep in mind, I saw the stuff a few years before that movie came out, and it haunted me, and it has haunted me for for like the last 30 almost years now. So when I heard, I forget the candelabra's name, uh, to try the gray stuff, I'm like, no, don't do that. No, 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 no. (laughs) Le Fleur. Le Fleur, thank you. Uh, This is why I was suggesting, if you have Amazon Prime, uh, there's a service on there called Shudder. I heard of Shudder because I wanted to see if I could handle it. Because um, Chris Straub Candle Cove stuff went up, yes, there, and I was very intrigued by that. But then I remembered that uh, I can't handle visual audio stimulation for horror stuff because mm. my brain will be like, "Interesting, this isn't scary at all." But we will find the grain of it that is frightening, amp it up to a million, and then I give you some night terrors. Won't oh. that be fun? So mm. it's just like, oh yes, yeah, stay up, stay off Shudder. How much yes, can I can I risk here? I like I'm I'm I really want to watch Get Out, and I really want to watch Us, and I'm very curious mm-hmm. about uh, Ready or Not. So I'm sort of like, can I build up my tolerance for terror? Is mm. it possible? Like I watched Haunting of Hill House and enjoyed that. I did have a week of seeing things bending over people's sleeping forms, but. It was an interesting show to watch, so mm. maybe it wasn't worth it. Uh, I don't know. Let me put it to you this way. Uh, do you like yogurt? I have a feeling I won't after this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't watch the stuff. So the stuff is a story about sentient parasitic yogurt. Where this company... From and it's highly From outer space... This corporation, and this was made in the early 90s, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, late uh, mid mid to early 80s, mid to early 80s. So this is at the height of like, you know, the whole corporate greed 
you know, 80s kind of Greed theme. Greed is good. Greed is good thing. And so this corporation figured out that you can not only consume it, and not only did it apparently taste delicious, it was also incredibly addictive. Uh, what they didn't realize, or may, I think maybe they did, was that the stuff eventually takes your entire body over. And by take it over, I mean it dissolves and consumes everything inside you until you're nothing but a walking sack of skin filled with this stuff. sentient yogurt that was marketed as the stuff. So no change then. <laughs> Pretty much. But the stuff <laughs> was trying to corporate bend. But so but the stuff was trying to consume like then then everyone became zombified and was trying to get more and more people to consume the stuff so that the stuff could multiply and take over the planet. And um I guess do I really have to say spoiler alert because the movie's been out for 30 years. Um in the end and it's it in the end you've got the same corporation after they've defeated the stuff uh the same corporation decides to repackage it in a smaller concentration so that way it still has the addictive qualities but without all the quote unquote negative drawbacks but the the hero and the kid sidekick show up to the boardroom and force the board to consume like pallets worth of this stuff at the end, oh, don't do this in front of the kid. The kid just looks at him. I've seen some things. <laughs> <laughs> that because, was from then. Well, because the kid's parents died because of the stuff. Mm. Yeah, and they, he they, saw... They became yeah. stuff zombies. Yeah, he stuff lost his family zombies. to it. Um, so there, there was... And it, if you watch it now, I mean, it's totally like 80s effects. It's it's right up there with like, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street level effects where it's not like, oh my God, it's, it's not like Saw. Right, where they're like super realistic with someone's, you know, head getting torn off or something. But um, it was definitely a little disturbing as a kid to see this movie. Um, so that is our first, this is our first matchup, the nothing versus the stuff. Who would win this battle? Oh, man. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a battle of, oh, we put them in a ring and they fight. It's just who do we think amongst the three of us is more terrifying. Is so more. Does the stuff. Does the stuff prompt its <clears throat> hosts to feed itself to others? You because know, the reason, the reason yes, I, the reason yes, I not ask, not from its own body, not from its own body, but it will find other raw stuff. Mm -hmm. Although the one uh, character in there was completely consumed by the stuff, right? And we didn't know that they, we thought he was helping them out until he eventually his whole body burst open and the stuff came out and started attacking. Okay, because the reason I ask is the targets. Because the nothing is sort of a sort of like a, a center point, if I'm remembering correctly, that mm -hmm. spreads and spreads and spreads from a center mm -hmm. point. Whereas, so the target is everyone, but yes. within a radius. The mm -hmm. stuff, it sounds like, is targets who that who consumes it. Mm -hmm. So it is a consumable, and that's the vector of its infection. So mm. I like that. I think impacts its potential range. Mm -hmm. It's like a reverse zombie. Instead of it biting you, you bite it. Yeah, exactly. You have to you have to consume consumerism in order for mm. it to eat you. You basically just you basically just summed up the stuff. Oh man, the whole like analogy, the whole allegory of the stuff. That yeah. movie's a lot deeper than I thought it was. Now, <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute. I mean to go back and watch this. <laughs> so, and then we have the nothing, which I don't know if they ever. Like, really got into whether it was sentient or not. I mean, because you could make an argument that the nothing is just unchecked entropy. 
Yeah, from a lack I mean, of caring. It's apathy. It's basically it was you know what it was. It was basically apathy. apathy. Yeah, more uh, apathy that resulted in the entropy of this of Fantasia, and by him, by the kid Bastion naming the, um, naming the childlike empress, empress See, the I, childlike empress. I find the heat death of the universe as a concept so terrifying. That's another reason that winking out is still better than nothing because <laughs> at least you don't have to go through the heat death of the universe because that is just a nightmare. You know, you're, you're, you're speaking to, uh, uh, when, when did hook come out? 1990. You're mm-hmm. speaking to 1990 Yvonne pretty deep there because I saw hook and it took like when I was visiting here and it took getting home back to Iceland and like a few days, Maybe a few weeks, then my brain suddenly kicked in. It's like growing old makes you die. <laughs> oh wow! And and like I'm I'm like I uh, you know you always know like you inherently know like some stuff like growing old, you die eventually, so all this stuff. But no, I connected like it wasn't so much that I connected like finally connected. Growing old makes you die. It was more like growing old will make me die. Me personally. <laughs> Jeez. And I'm like. Shit! <laughs> I have a valve in my brain where if I experience too much joy, a little voice chimes in and goes, "You know, all of this will end someday," and it just snaps that like experience <laughs> of joy right oh off at the at the middle. Mm. So I am very familiar with the thoughts of "I will end someday," "Everyone I love will end someday," "Everything I love will end someday," "Nothing is permanent." Like this is what I mean as I live here. Like. Mm. My brain lives here all the time. Happy Halloween, everybody. No, I, I really, <laughs> no, no. I think this is why people like get into spooky stuff at this time of mm-hmm. year, because the sun uh. is getting less, that source mm-hmm. of like vitamin D is getting less, This the warmth is getting less, and I think that, because I and we find, begin contemplating. We begin contemplating, and I find, personally, I find, and everybody goes to horror for different reasons, but mm-hmm. I find horror as a genre deeply comforting. Oh, okay. Um, for the vast majority of the horror that I like to consume, which is mm-hmm. primarily in book form. Mm-hmm. Um, because it is, so often we are force-fed these images of like, just smile, have a happy disposition, think positively, everything's going to be wonderful. And <laughs> Frieza's version of hell. Yeah, and, and <laughs> wow. if you if you try to be like, yeah, but this thing needs to be fixed, people are like, no, just fix your perspective. It's like, Okay, <laughs> but horror goes, nah, it is that bad. <laughs> but if you acknowledge it, you can actually change it. So I feel like horror as a genre feeds the same need and hunger as nihilism, but it has hope, whereas nihilism mm. has none. So I feel like for me, that spooky time of year, it, I think it can for some people just be the adrenaline rush and the enjoyment of being scared. Mm-hmm. But as someone who's scared all the time, uh, I have no interest in being more scared. <laughs> but I do have interest in someone saying, like, yeah, you're not crazy for seeing the bad in things as well as the good. Hmm. So, yeah. I, 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 this is going to be really an odd comparison, but I'm wondering. I mean, so we could go with the simple comparison of, like, it's the reason why, like, like I, I rock climb, right? Is that do I do that because I get a little scared of doing that? Well, sure, yeah. But I'm I'm thinking more along the, the the psychological. Is it similar? Is it a similar reaction to why there's such a popularity of zit popping videos, where you find this odd comfort 
I I don't know why that immediately came to mind the way you described that. And I'm not trying to like trivialize this idea that you find mm-hmm. comfort in this scary thing, but most people are like repulsed by the idea of watching a close up of a blackhead being extracted. But I find it fascinating and oddly calming. And I'm wondering that if is, there's any kind of that is in at least so I research what is horror. I like to take mm-hmm. things apart. I like to mm-hmm. understand why I get certain reactions of things. So I've been So do some and... horror so do some horror villains. They like to take things apart too. Yeah, well, you know, writers and serial killers apparently have a lot in common. But uh not that I have researched how to dispose of bodies. Um I have just researched that. But <laughs> <laughs> this is the one my one Achilles heel is I have a tendency to just overshare, so I haven't murdered anyone because I would probably tell someone. Um, what was I even talking about? Oh, so horror Wait, and so, reading horror essays. Um, there is a an essay that I've been trying to get through about... It's this massive document that was translated from French. So it's a little uh, unwieldy in its contents. Um, but it's called The Powers of Horror. And it's an, an essay on abjection. Uh Objection is the act of throwing off. It is not having actually thrown off something. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is the act of throwing something off. And Present tense. Present tense, yeah, exactly. So it is something where you can't actually separate yourself from it, mm-hmm. but you desire to separate yourself from it. Uh, mm. And the essay talks about how horror in many ways is something that simultaneously draws your attention and brings you in even as a part of you wishes to reject it and it's Mm. that push and pull of attraction and rejection that forms the appeal and the timelessness of the horror genre oh that's fascinating i i really want to get through that essay it's like 250 pages long and it's dense as hell but that's not an essay that's a treatise that's yeah yeah it's a a thesis basically (laughs) (laughs) if you could uh uh, was that something you found on the internet? Uh, yeah, no. So let me uh, get you the title. It's Powers of Horror, an essay on abjection. Abjection is spelled A-B-J-E-C-T-I-O-N. Um, and it is, uh, you can find it in PDF form online. It's by Julia Kristeva. Oh. Um, it was originally written in the 1940s. Um, mm. So it has a lot of... You can also see like the, the, the concepts that Freud is bringing up and that kind of thing is influencing uh, local understanding of, of psych- like just the concept of psychology is starting to happen. And uh, yeah, and that was like right around the, the golden age of like pulp horror fiction. Well, a lot of that was because um, there was a big boom of the horror movement in Germany mm-hmm. and then the rise of Nazism. And so a lot of those creators fled came to Hollywood and started making a lot of the films that we think of today as yeah. those those cult classic horror films. The hammer the hammer the hammer ones, the ones prior uh with with you know the Bela Lugosi's, the uh like the original Dracula. And I could even I mean I'm even thinking if you look back at some of that pulp fiction uh from back in the day, there was some really twisted shit. I mean this was right around uh when uh, uh, the Cthulhu mythos was being written, you know, back in the in the t- between the twenties and the forties, and there was some really twisted, twisted shit that was being published. That if you were to read some of this now, it's like, oh God, really? And it's that you're thinking, oh, it's the golden age of you know, it's early twentieth century America. No, those 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 guys were fucked up. They saw some shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's always 
it's interesting to like look back at like first, like personally I prefer uh Robert W uh I think Charles is his last name. Mm-hmm. The King in Yellow guy to uh, to Lovecraft, to, and I understand why. Yeah, there's a variety of reasons why. Um, yes. but I feel well. Like Lovecraft the, was a heinous douchebag. That's a big part of it. Um, but I feel like Lovecraft has a lot actually to in common with um, Watchmen. It it has to be acknowledged that for the time, mm-hmm. it radically redefined what people thought the genre could contain. Mm. Yeah, Watchmen did that for comics, and I think Lovecraft did that for horror. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, but looking as a modern reader now, back on those contents, I personally—and everyone is welcome to have their own opinion—but mm-hmm. I personally find both of them overhyped and underwhelming. But okay, because I don't feel well, like it's... they've aged well. <laughs> well, well, there's that, but you could also compare it to like Citizen Kane. Where Citizen Kane, a very, very important movie in terms of how movies were made and its artistry and craftsmanship. But when you go and watch it, it's not an incredibly engaging movie. And if anyone ever says it's their favorite, I really have to question and say, is it really your favorite? Are you telling me it's your favorite because you think that makes you sound smart? Mm. Um, So it might be one of those things where, yeah, you go back and look at it. I'm like, okay, yeah, again, Lovecraft, enormous douche douche nozzle, but... Okay, yeah, he he made a contribution, and we can't same thing. Alexander Graham Bell, big into eugenics, but you can't deny the fact that he made a telephone. <laughs> you know, there's, there's that's a whole complexity. other thing. The, the human yeah. condition is a messy one. It is. Uh, I, I'm going to, uh, which means we still haven't decided about yeah. the nothing or the stuff. No, you're <laughs> I'm ne- going you're to say that. Uh, this bracket. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> I'm just going to say because we we've I think we've we've gone a whole circuit here, and I'm going to say the nothing. How's that? I was going to lean into the nothing as well. Okay, well there we go. The nothing wins that. But, but and I, I, I'm not even going to say why. It's just I, I think yeah, yeah. I think if you've listened to what we said so far, it's yeah. pretty plain and obvious why we chose. The nothing. Um, if you can't figure it out from the whole conversation, please rewind and, try, and listen again. <laughs> Okay, so, um, and what we'll do is once this episode goes live, we will actually tweet out if we can find a link to that PDF. I have uh, found it. Or, oh, excellent. We'll tweet it out when this article, when this uh, airs on Halloween, on All, All Hallows' Eve. Um, and we'll probably put it up in the uh, Weekly Rex uh, section of the Eat, Drink, Roll Discord. Yeah, good uh, luck getting through it. It's a monster. Um, no. <laughs> there are some other, like if you want something that's a little more accessible... Uh, I do have a, another resource that I quite like, which is an, more of a summary essay, uh, essay on the I history. I think we're going to need to get all of these together. I think uh, we need to get all of these together in one place and 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 put it out there for people because this, this is I'm fascinating. But okay. if you're interested in sort of just like what we were talking about, like the mm-hmm. move, moving of artists from one place to another and the influence that had, like it, it goes over that. So mm. I'll, I'll get I, you that I'm, resource. I, yes, please do. Okay. Matchup number two. This one might be a little bit easier. The Mind Flayer from Stranger Things. So not the Demogorgon, the Mind Flayer, the Big Bad, not his minion or its minion or whatever, versus the Borg from Star Trek. Huh. The Mind Flayer, we know, we know uh, Body Jacked Will, and then Body Jacked, oh, what was the character's name? Jerk bag, yeah. Jerk bag. <laughs> Jerk bag. Hello, he the does, older he, brother. I, 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 
he plays a jerk bag very well. His um, accent was amazing because he's actually from Australia. The actor is. Is he? Yeah. Huh. And he did a he did a fantastic. Well, say uh, third uh, or eleven. She's from um she's from England. But they all did very well. Anyway, that's the, again we're not getting on that tangent. Um, <laughs> but the mind flayer, who we know uh, was the 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 big bad of Stranger Things, and I'm sorry if you guys haven't seen it, but well, they they introduced the mind flayer in in season two, so it's like it's been out for three years. Season two came out like two or three years ago. If you haven't seen it, I think the spoiler. I think it was last year. No, well, yeah. it's been out for over a year, so I think that the spoiler embargo can be lifted. You know that to say that there is a character. Well, no, they even introduced him like in the first episode of season. Okay, fine, the mind flare, and then the Borg, as we all know, one of the ultimate sci-fi body jackers. Uh, probably the most terrifying, in my mind, one of the most terrifying villains in sci-fi. Uh, just for the relentless onslaught that they that they presented, uh, technology unchecked. Um, one of the best two part episodes of the Next Generation uh, from from uh, Best of Both Worlds. I think it was the first two parter too, wasn't it? I believe it was. They weren't expecting it. That's why it was such a big deal when they made a, a season end with Jean yeah, Picard. you, you well, might be right. Know if, uh... The actor was coming back. Really? Yeah. Oh, I no, they, they had a, a, a season opener script ready for if Jean-Luc did not return to the show. Oh. From, as from an actor standpoint or mm-hmm. from a story standpoint? From an actor standpoint. Oh, really? So they yeah. didn't know if Patrick Stewart was going to come back. Well, I bet you he's glad that he did. Because <laughs> he got about four more years of, or, five, or four more years and four movies worth of their money. Mm-hmm. And now he's got a whole series coming out. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to that. Um, the weird yes. thing about the Borg is that almost its length almost of of the Star Trek series almost undermines the fear factor of them mm-hmm. because they kind of they they evolve as they go for one there's mm-hmm. a bit of retconning as to what you know are they just after technology or no they want to they're after people they will assimilate people mm-hmm. um and then there's sort of an undermining of the Borg and I'm just going to pretend the movies don't exist because the Queen Borg makes no sense yeah, um, yeah. I don't blame you <laughs> Yeah, Which no. means we're also gonna throw out parts of Voyager, but that I'm okay with that. You know, so much. So okay, so why don't we do this? Why don't Why don't we just focus then on Next Generation series the Borg, spooky Borg? Yeah, the one where Borg were were more frightening as a where first. you sh- you get two shots mm-hmm. and then it. your phaser doesn't work anymore, and the disposability of of people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because there's always more. Okay, Borg, mm. the better Borg. The ones that evolved in the course, the ones that adapted in the course of about 30 seconds as opposed to whatever else. Oh, we eventually found a way to beat them. No! You, anyway, okay, we're getting a whole Star Trek it's, discussion. It's kind <laughs> of a, it's almost magic versus technology. This is this yeah. is very much who would win, the wizard or <laughs> or the spaceman. You're like, you know. Yeah, it kind of is, isn't it? Does Taser mm-hmm. beat Fireball? Uh, you know, I find the mind flare more threatening and the reason being uh you can be rescued from the borg yeah and as you can be rescued from the mind flare near no no they got their rescued will did they though they they, (laughs) see the mind flare never had will though yes he did remember that he made yeah they made him percent 
Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. So I'll, I'll give you that. But if you remember in the second season, when he starts giving all the intelligence as, oh, this is where you need to go. That was the mind flayer making him tell them where the soldiers should go. So that way, then they had that aliens moment. Well, yes, but that was also, he wasn't 100%. It's like, they kind of hint that like, he is being lied to. Or he is mm. being tricked. He's being given information. He thinks he's taking the information. Mm. He, it's basically okay. it, it's it's giving the spy this this intel, mm-hmm. and it's not real. Okay. Uh, and, and then eventually you see that he's versus when when to come. Yeah, versus the third season where eighties uh, Jesse Pinkman was taken over completely. Well, yeah, there's, there's, they have an off switch. As soon as that off switch is, is, is flipped, they become goo and join oh, the mind flare. I'm like, that's just freaking terrifying. Like on an, at an instant, the mind flare can be like, yeah, I need your goo more than I need goo. You. <laughs> it almost, for me, makes me think of like a, uh, this is depressing, but welcome to me. Um, it's almost like a kid that has cancer that goes into remission. And then it comes back Mm. and then it goes into remission. Like you never get the feeling that will ever can recover or will recover. And Ah. there are always symptoms of that influence. And it is so hard. I think, I think, yeah, I'm going to side with you on the mind flayer because it is so hard to tell. There are options where you could interpret it as the on off switch, Mm -hmm. but I find Mm -hmm. it much more frightening. The idea of how much can you trust your own mind? How much can you trust your own perceptions? Whereas Mm. with the Borg, you Borg. There's no yes. one going like, uh, you know, is this guy either or? or not? I don't know. Uh, you can't. You can't be halfway pregnant. It's you're either you're either Borg or you're not. They, they, yeah, they take a part out, and the Borg don't have control over you anymore. You have some Borg bits, but you're free. The mind flare, on the other hand, it's like, yeah, you're 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 just future goo. It's, it's in the walls. Yeah. It's in the wall you're, and it's you're, never you're coming You're proto-goo. Out. <laughs> it's never coming out. You're just going to tear it all out, start from scratch, go right down to the studs. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Those this, salt the earth. This is, a, this is a gut job, man. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, whoever sold you this, you know, I mean, it's got good bones, but phew, we're going to have to take it down to the studs. Flippers. This is like the horror edition of HGTV. So- <laughs> Just nothing but demolitions over and over and over. So where the the Borg is where you're getting the bang foreclosure, where you know something's wrong, where yeah, the mind flare yeah. is the unethical flipper. At least you know exactly what you. I want to, to see this series on TLC. <laughs> I want whatever. Oh, I want to. Okay, so I've only watched the first two or three episodes, but now I want a spin-off series of of what we did in the shadows, the TV show, but it is, uh. Well, maybe a few episodes for season two where they're following like an HGTV uh, show, but they're it's ghost house flippers. Ghost house flippers. Mike Holmes comes in and goes, "Oh man, now whoever did this inspection sucks. <laughs> they look at all this. I mean, <laughs> look at this. There's portal holes in the wall. They, they should have caught that in the inspection. It's not in the report. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go get a. Is that you know when they sometimes will do like in in reality TV shows they'll do like the six months later. Mm-hmm. Six months later is what you get to find out whether or not they actually got the scary shit out. Because it's like, whether okay, or not, you bulldozed whether... it, you built a new house, or like you tore out everything. Did it work? Or is that or are they cursed? <laughs> yeah, like six months later, it's like Abigail is enjoying a long-term stay know, at the institution of mental wellness. Ever Sam, since they... get the salt. <laughs> they open yeah. the window and the door and there's this 
there's this uh, straight-jacketed person sort of floating in air midair, cackling maniacally. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. Guys, nope. Didn't work. Didn't that, this is no good. The worst ones, though, are the ones that look totally normal. But are they? Are they really? Are you like, sure? Have you checked like, the basement? Have you checked the meat locker in the basement? Do you know how there are children this? going missing in this fancy, wonderful, pleasant community? Two-story, three-bedroom, two-bathroom. <laughs> wonderful ghosts. 1920s Elizabethan. Uh, where, well, listen, when you, whenever you go in, when you're, when you're touring the house, right? This is what you do. You, you, you turn on all the lights. To make sure that the lights work, you turn all the faucets on to make sure you don't have any plumbing issues. You check out for bodies in the basement, and you salt all around every every windowsill. And you know, I mean, this is just standard procedure. You, I get, you start with a witch, your local witch. Mm-hmm. Get mm-hmm. them to you get some sage going in there. Drive out all the spirits. Oh, dude, I'm like... calling the I'm calling the fucking Winchesters, man. <laughs> <laughs> One stop shopping. They come in there and like, all right, just kill it. <laughs> they don't exactly have a great track record on keeping people alive, though. Oh, that's so when you leave. Something you... to consider. Did I, oh, I'm not sticking around while they do, while they do this. <laughs> I'm oh, still fuck in that. the place. Yeah, <laughs> this is just a flip it. I'm not living there. That, oh, that's yeah. we, that's we the next the, guys. We are the flippers. This is the true horror. Is that there would be people that would do this and be like, and we care. know. Yeah, I'll sell it to a family of four. Sure. They got two dogs. They'll be fine. One of those dogs will probably explode, but who cares? And the other one's going to get possessed and just eat them. You know, I got a loan. I got a bank loan. That's the true whore. Do you know the interest rate I took on this thing? Good it's, God. Did you know that with it's an, an a- FDA? Do you, know, you have no idea. This is, this is an ARM and they've got no idea. <laughs> Um, so based on this flipping analogy, it sounds like the mind flayer might be the one that wins over the board. At least in yeah. what is is scary. The, 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 the standards by which these are judged, I think, are coming down to what do we find more frightening on an existential level? Yeah. Well, this is... <laughs> well, I mean, like, this, the Borgs, for some folks, are the, like, from my brother's perspective, I don't think he's, I'm not sure if he's watched Stranger Things, but he has found the Borg to be the most frightening concept in existence, as long mm-hmm. as I've known. Because of it's it's an existential threat, and so what if it's the loss of identity? It's a loss yeah. of identity. Yeah. I was working and, with a client. Uh, it was one of the things I do. Well, is is like do brainstorming calls with people who are stuck on something and they can't figure out like mm-hmm. how do I move forward? And I do that with you know novelists and uh, car- you know cartoonists and all kinds of stuff. But he was uh, running an RP and he wanted to work out some of his RP ideas because it was a homebrew. And he was talking about a reaction from a player he didn't understand where they spontaneously, without agency or buy-in, experienced a sense of complete oneness. And the GM was like, this is an ideal. This is like a utopia. I don't understand why he's finding it so threatening. And I'm like, you basically just bored this guy. Like, <laughs> you, 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 you essentially denied him all <clears throat> sense of identity and you want mm. him to be happy about it. Like, there is an interesting two sides of the coin sort of shadow side concept to a lot of horror things where if you look at an ideal and then you twist it, the Borg is essentially the ideal. There is a sense of oneness and harmony, and and completely understanding and no suffering fully. No suffering. No the, perfect a, commune. Yeah, it's it's a it's a perfect oneness of understanding. You have purpose. Yeah. So I mean, that, oh, no. talking about ideal afterlives. This is Borg. actually starting to sound very uh, enticing to become a Borg. Yeah. See. See. <laughs> 
new new afterlife if you're able to give up the idea of individuality mm-hmm. which actually sounds like most religion causes <laughs> and, a well, ton of problems honestly yeah. individuality look, 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 no more questioning whether or not you're you're what your purpose in life is, or, or do I really like my job? You've got a job. You got a roof over your head. You got three squares of, of whatever the like goo is. Electricity. That they into you. Yeah, they keep you charged. You, you never have to worry about a thing again. It's the ideal job. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say it, it sounds like we've decided on the mind flare. I, I, I yes. want to put yeah. one more. I want to put one more on there though. Why the mind flare is a little scarier. Oh, the Borg. You can understand. Because it's technology. Mm. We have no knowledge of what the Mind Flayer actually is or how to fight it other than when it's here, mm. it doesn't like heat. At some point, I think you that... believe you could reverse engineer the, the board. Given, exactly. Given enough time and study. I mean, one could probably argue that for the Mind Flayer as well, but access well, is an issue. Yeah. that Yeah. And, and, and if you look at it in, in the, the presence of which both take place in the presence of the 1980s versus the presence of the 23rd century, 24th century. Yeah. It's where, yeah, they're just looking at that and they can they can take apart a Borg and they understand how all of it works. They, they understand, they've, they've done it. That's how the, they got the Picard resources out. of study are much are much greater. exactly the so in a way of the human in, in the yeah. in the equation is much higher. Although the wreckage of Wolf three five nine still sticks with me. Um, and speaking of, uh, we were talking earlier about hidden identities online. That was actually my AIM screen name at one point. Wolf three five nine. Wow, you really ha- stuck with you. How did you get that? I I spelled it with a with a U. Oh, <laughs> okay. Really early internet adopter, and I might have used I might have used a capital I instead of an L because they looked the same, uh. and so you could get away with a lot of stuff there. So, hey, so that is the end of part one of our Body Jacker episode on our very first Halloween episode. Part two will be posted next week, where we continue this lovely discussion with the absolutely incredible Robin Childs. So, subscribe and tune in next week to White.